guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Courtesy of Court podcast. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Pretty low-key over here, you know, with COVID and whatnot. Decided to stay in Raleigh. Just had like a little low-key kind of Thanksgiving, but hopefully some of you got to connect with your family and friends and had a nice time. Thanks so much for allowing me to uh, take my first week off um, since I started. It was actually very nice and refreshing, and I'm so excited because I have some amazing guests lined up through the end of the year, which is really exciting. Um, But let's just dive into today because today's episode is an incredibly powerful one. Uh, I I go into these uh, interviews not really knowing how it's going to unfold and you know I do my research I want to make sure I'm very aware of who I'm talking to what their background is in a sense and also what they've created but what I don't really usually know is some of those intricacies that have led them to get to where they are which is the whole point and uh, some are more eye-opening and and beautiful and inspirational than I even thought and that's exactly what happened when I talked to Terry Bryant Um, Her story is nothing short of incredible. Um, She was working in the beauty industry for several years um, and something started feeling off and she sort of ignored it. Uh, Long story short, she got um, a very devastating diagnosis and instead of going down one path, she decided to take another and it led her to creating Guide Beauty. And the products that she has created are just absolutely amazing. I'm going to let her tell you all about it, starting with the story, because it's something that everybody needs to hear, especially during these really challenging times. So let's just dive into it. Please welcome today's guest, Terry Bryant, the founder of Guide Beauty. Terry, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. All right. So where are you coming to us from? Where are you located? I am in Winter Park, Florida. Oh, nice. Oh, see, I'm I'm over here like complaining of like the cold and you're probably like, oh man, well that stinks for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I'm schwitzing a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's a little, a little warm, a little warm in Florida, but I should not complain. I should not complain. It's I was going to say, I will <laughs> trade places if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. Come on over anytime. Okay, so let's just get started. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and and what led you to starting Guide Beauty? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in the beauty industry for 25 years. I started as a makeup artist. Um, I went to school for elementary and special education. I was working behind a Chanel counter uh, and went to my first training and knew that education was my world, but also makeup was my love. So I was going to have to find a way to make those worlds combine. Got it. Um, and so I, you know, I spent the past 25 years working both as a makeup artist and as an artistry and education uh, development head. So writing programs, education programs for brands like Christian Dior and for um, Smashbox and Josie Marin, whether they were the programs to help teach the artist or to help teach the artist, teach the consumer, that was my role. That is so cool. So, all right. So, I mean, you've been in this world then for quite some time. So I guess what was that pivotal moment for you when you decided like, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing here. So, I mean, life kind of landed me here, I guess, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I was extremely happy doing what I was doing. So I love makeup artistry. I, I, I had such a positive experience with makeup growing up. I was sort of the opposite of what I think a lot of times we hear about, which is this sort of makeup meant to mask or change or alter us into being something other than what we are. 
And for me, when I was a kid, I was uh, probably as awkward as I am now. <laughs> as I am now. And um, it's funny, somebody said, when, did you get, when, when do you think your awkward stage was? I was like, uh, probably from the beginning, just people started telling me sometime in middle school, but I was probably way awkward before. You're like, that. I'm still there? What? Uh, What's the matter? I'm still awkward, <laughs> but people are more accepting of it. Uh, but I used to sit on the floor and, and play with whatever mood I was in. I would just play with makeup. And there was some sort of understanding that happened for me when I would play that my face was the canvas. So if I liked what I was creating, it was built upon this canvas. So how could I not love and appreciate it? So Amazing. it kind of, it was such a, uh, such a positive experience for me that I was really passionate about sharing it. And it took no time for me to discover that for some reason, this had, this was a gift that makeup artistry had come somewhat naturally to me. Unlike most things in life, it just came naturally to me. Like I just would look at your face. I would see exactly what I wanted to celebrate and how I was going to do your makeup. And then my arm and my hand were just this very direct extension of my mind's eye. And I would just, you know, you just make it happen. Yeah. Um, but I would have people in my chair and I would say, well, let me show you because this I know how to do this. And they would say, well, I understand what you're saying. I get the steps. It doesn't mean I'm going to go home and feel confident executing them. Right. And I was like, all right, well, then this is clearly, and then I, you know, I went to my trainings. This is clearly where I need to be. I need to help people learn how to how to do makeup. And since I know how to do makeup, I can teach them. So I was really happy in my career. I had been, you know, I started with Christian Dior. I moved to LA to develop their artistry and education program. And because they were built on the studio environment and world, I was able to also continue to do my love of makeup artistry, working on set behind the scenes. All was going well. Um, about 10 years ago, I was on set and I just noticed like this just slight sort of disconnect in my ability to do makeup. Like, you know, nothing major, but like it was a look that normally might have taken me like just a quick 20 minutes or so. And like almost 45 minutes in, I wasn't done. I was like, oh, that's that's not normal. That's not right. Let's yeah. ignore it. <laughs> yeah. We'll just ignore that. Yeah. And those little moments kept happening where, and I was ignoring it and it was easy to ignore because I was doing multiple things, right? So I was also writing my education programs. And at some point I started to go on air for QVC and HSN for brands as a brand representative. And so I just kept finding myself kind of pivoting a little bit away from behind the scenes as a makeup artist. Like if you called me and said, we got a one day shoot, it's, you know, it's an ad campaign, it's one model, I would say, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the job. But if you called me for fashion week, I would find a reason why I couldn't do it. Cause yeah. I just like, even though I hadn't quite realized like somewhere deep down, I knew something was wrong. I understood that that was going to be a fast day, 25 women, you know, potentially in my chair moving quickly cycle my through. Hand wasn't, yeah, cycle through my hand wasn't operating. So I ignored it for a long time. And then about five years ago, that little disconnect that I was feeling in my ability as a, as a makeup artist had advanced just enough that it started to affect my ability to do my own makeup. And I was like, all right, well, we're not going to ignore this anymore. Like yeah. this just this yeah. clearly is not right. And that's when I ended up going to uh, a doctor and a neurologist and was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so that was sort of the moment that's like, the, that's kind of the moment, even though I had spent my whole career sort of with this passion of teaching people how to, to apply makeup, my own diagnosis was sort of the beginning wow. of guy wow. beauty. Wow. Okay. Now that's crazy. I just got chills. And also, I also got chills when you were saying that you realized that your makeup artistry was like a skill and like just a gift, like a gift that was, I mean, because I totally resonate with that. I think that um, it's, there, it's an artistry about it and it is like, not everybody is <laughs> gifted with that. I certainly am not. 
Yes, and it's so true. I mean, it, it's like any form of artistry, right? And I think we probably, it's, it's part of the challenge for so many people who want to wear makeup is that we've kind of built it up for you to feel like you're meant, to, it's meant to be easy. You're meant to get it. Yeah. And, and if you don't get it perfectly right out the gate, there's something wrong with you, right? I know. I think it prevents people from playing and art, you're meant to play. Right. It's just the canvas that changes. You're instead of painting uh, the wall or, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, and uh, you're not molding clay. It is like, you know, I couldn't paint a picture. I had a Bob Ross painting party a while back. Uh, and he was very clear on the steps of painting happy little trees. I don't know if you know Bob Ross. Oh yeah, absolutely. I clearly understood the steps. I could not make happy little trees. Like that is not my art form. I'm not. <laughs> right. I'm not good at it. So, um, but you know, I couldn't all those years, I think in my mind, I thought because I innately understand the mechanics of good artistry, because I am a makeup artist, I can teach you what I was missing was I couldn't put myself in somebody else's shoes. I didn't know what it felt like sure. not to be the makeup artist. So when I was trying to solve for their challenges, I was solving it from the perspective of a pro. Uh, which is where most of us create from, right? Brands are created by sure. pro makeup artists. Yep. Um, so there's a disconnect in that moment in itself, right? But and and it was not for because I didn't care. It was not from from uh, you know ill intention. I was passionate. I really actually wanted to make a difference. I just didn't realize that I was uh, taking the wrong path because it's the only path I knew. Wow, I feel like that is like incredibly insightful. And I'm sure that once that moment hit for you, it's probably like one of those like aha moments, like, oh my gosh, I need to change everything that I've believed up until this point. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, certainly, you know, obviously there are, are hard moments. And when you get a diagnosis of something like Parkinson's, it's not like you're over the moon about it by any means. But, um, you know, I always tell the story that I was sitting in the doctor's office. I kind of, at that point, I kind of knew it was coming. Um, and my father was with me. He's a retired physician. And the nurse practitioner came in and said, you know, we're going to confirm you know, you have Parkinson's and they left the room and my dad said, you know, sweetie, you kind of look like you glazed over there for a minute. You know, where, where'd your brain go? Are you all right? And I, I, you know, I would say, I'm sure my brain went in a million different places, but one of the first places it went was how am I going to continue to do my makeup? Yeah. Um, so like this thought goes through your head, like I, you know, for so many reasons, right? Like it's not, it's my livelihood. Sure. Uh, it's my passion. It's my creative outlet. My greatest friendships are made in this industry. Like I just, I love this industry. And so even though I was slight, I had been losing it bit by bit over the years, I hadn't quite recognized it. And now I saw that maybe I was coming to an end of the road and I was panicked. Like, you know, I want to be able to own this. I always have, I want to be yeah. able to walk into the world and present myself, you know, any way I can when I, in any way that I want to. Right. And so when I thought about, it, I was like, you know, you can get your hair blown out once a week. I could throw on a caftan and a cocktail ring and it's a great outfit. Like I could do the whole thing, but yeah. make up the daily moment. And so what am I going to do? So initially I ran home somewhat like, you know, afraid and at the same time a bit empowered, right? Because now I knew yeah. what I was dealing with and that's very much my personality, right? Like, so now I have a challenge in front of me. Now you can't tell me what I can't do. Right. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm not crazy because over the years I had gone and asked a lot of doctors what might be going on and usually got things like you're getting older, you should work out more, drink more water. I was like, well, that all seems fair, um, but clearly not right. And when I started creating these prototypes, thinking about how I was going to keep myself in this industry and allow myself to be able to express myself in the way I had always known, 
I had come across at one point, I'm like sort of developing and playing and my husband's sitting in the other room. And at the time it was sort of this very crude sort of prototype. It almost looked like a finger puppet for mascara. Yeah. And I was playing with it and I was like, oh, this is easy. This is so easy. And I, you know, if you count it up, I've had thousands of people in my chair tell me, this is challenging. Can you teach me a better way? And I said, I remember turning to him saying, honey, wouldn't this have been great if I had something like this for all those people who told me they struggled? Wouldn't this have been? And then, then kind of, you know, you sort of all of a sudden you really say like, da -da! yep, like, there's your moment. Well, there's the moment. So from, you know, it's hard to be, it's hard to be upset, in some ways uh, upset about it because out of, you know, clearly not the best news in the world, for me, something really beautiful was born and I saw an opportunity to now no longer just try to create for myself, but for everybody, whether you have a physical limitation or you were just that person who said, I'm not confident with my skills. And I could see it. I was like, it had, life had landed me in this very unique space where I like, I know the mechanics of good artistry as a pro. And now I know what it feels like to not be the pro. I know what it feels like to have that disconnect. So I can deconstruct everything I know about makeup and rebuild it from that place and, and reimagine what makeup can be. And, and that just sent me running. Like I just I couldn't stop from there. Oh my gosh, you, I feel, this is like one of the most inspirational chats I've had thus far. I'm just listening to you and it's just something, you know, you could have taken a different path. This was a, you know, this was pretty devastating news. You could have taken a different path and instead you took, you know, something that was incredibly scary and, you know, uh, and, and you just ran with it and said, you're not, I'm not going to allow this to stop me. Like, I know what I want out of my life. I know that I want to keep my passion alive. And so you built these products around that. So let's talk about them. So for people who are listening that haven't, they can't see them yet. So they look different, obviously, because they are different. Yeah. But honestly, when I was looking through them without even knowing your backstory, I was thinking, I mean, it just, they look comfortable. They look like yes. comfortable products. So can you tell us, explain a little bit about um, what the products are, a couple of them and um, explain kind of what they look like so people who are listening can understand the differences between them and everything else. Sure, sure. Um, so I knew I wanted to start, like eventually I was like guide beauty to be a full face, but at the moment, and we're, we're getting there, we're in the guide lab, but uh, initially I knew I wanted to start with the eye area. Mm -hmm. One, because I understand that that is the area where I have heard most people's challenges, right? And, and that happens because when you think about um, eyeliner, brow and mascara, which are the three products we started with. Products that create definition are the most impactful, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, but they also tend to require the most uh, precision skill set, right? Totally. Uh, think about eyeliner. You're taking this very pointed tip. You're coming close into the eye with that pointed tip. And if you're doing what a traditional eyeliner is meant to do, it's meant to draw a very tight line at the lash base so that you recreate the look of a thick lash base. And when you recreate the look of a thick lash base, you make the eyes look bigger and brighter and wider. So, um, you know, we're very often, those are the techniques that are almost in some ways sort of surgeon level precision required, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah, we hand people very pointed, you know, sort of sharp moments. And they're generally very small cylinders that you have to grip. Mm -hmm. So what we did is I had been working between six months and a year on my own on the prototypes and it got to a certain place and then knew I needed to go a step further. And so we went to a design team that specializes in human factors, engineering and ergonomics. And we took the approach of universal design and universal design. I didn't know about it before I started the company, but I'm obsessed with it. 
I think it's such a beautiful way to approach anything in life because it really says when you factor in the needs of those who have a greater need, yeah, you will ultimately create a better product and process for the whole. And I'm happy if you ever want to talk about other companies that do it, like Nike and Under Armour, there's like some beautiful examples out there. But I mean, it really, makes sense. It, it's right, like, especially when it comes to skill and ability, because we're all going to be throughout our life, we're all going to be more and less able at different points in our life for all sorts of reasons, whether temporary or permanent, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you create something for somebody who has a specific need, it turns out it's like, uh, I just quickly, I'll tell you, and I'm so sorry because I'm getting a little off topic. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's this beautiful story from Nike. Um, this young man wrote a letter um, to Nike. He was uh, in high school in a, in a year or so. He was going to be going off to, to college. And he had, was very independent. He had cerebral palsy. And the one thing he couldn't do on his own was tie his shoe, tie his sneaker. He wanted this a cool, kick-ass sneaker. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and he wrote this letter to Nike saying, I'd like to go off to college and not feel like my parents have to come with me because I can't tie my shoe. And I want a cool shoe. Yeah. And it landed on the head designer's desk at Nike. And he said, I'm going to make this kid a shoe, which was That's awesome in itself. But when you, it's so, it's such a good moment. But if you, there's a video, I'll have to send you the, the link, which is so beautiful because he, he really sort of, he builds from the universal design perspective. And he said, I didn't ask myself, how can this young man with cerebral palsy tie a shoe? I asked myself, what's the easiest way to get in and out of a shoe? And so what he ultimately ended up creating was a way for somebody who absolutely could not put a shoe on without that built in, which was this young man. But then what happened is also like moms started buying it for their kids who refused to tie their shoes. Yeah. Right. Athletes who had like on track meets who were like, I don't have a lot of time and I'm switching in and out of shoes. Like you realize when you're completely able-bodied, you will do things even though they're not comfortable to do. But if you yeah. don't have to, yeah. you get to benefit from it. So there's like there, it's just such a beautiful story. So I, it's hard for me not to share it because I no, just definitely love send me that link and I'll include it in the show notes so that everyone yeah. can go and click on that and see it too because I think that's awesome. Oh, it's such a good story. I love. I and I to this day I'm not a sneaker wearer, but I will buy sneaky uh, Nike sneakers anyways because I just yeah love yeah <laughs> I just, just to support them. that right. Um, but so we went in and and when you are when you are designing from a universal lens when you're uh, trying to you you are pulling in everybody in the the development process. So mm -hmm. all voices are heard. So we had over 200 test users, wow. people who had Parkinson's, MS, arthritis, um, people who were professional makeup artists, people who were novice uh, users, people who said, I'm pretty comfortable, but I don't have a lot of time. Like we just, we just as far reaching, we kept the widest net possible. That's amazing. And then what you do is you watch people and mm -hmm. it's just, it's like crazy iterative process. You just watch people. And what you're looking for is where are they going to get stuck in the process? Right. Where do they, and where do you find when, when you're watching people, where do you see that they try to sort of self accommodate for what the tool lacks? Mm -hmm. And those are the moments that you look for. And those are your opportunities to yeah. recreate. And two of the greatest things to answer the question about sort of what our tools do, two of the biggest human factors we could leverage in that moment that we saw people really needed were grip and stability. Yes. So, so much of our design is built around grip and stability. So even when you think about things like mascara and brow and eyeliner, um, when you grip something, it's like the old golf analogy, when they say you want a nice fluid swing, yeah. loosen your grip. 
Yeah. When you grip something, you automatically lose a certain amount of fluidity and motion. Um, it just runs all the way up the arm. So we knew we wanted to free up the hand, which is why we have these rings on our components. We knew we wanted to create something that didn't like, or, or our eyeliner, that it, instead of coming in horizontally, you're coming in, did I do that right? Vertically. Yeah. And it allows for a soft hold. And then sort of the, the sort of the stability and the resting points that sort of um, not to where your application should go, because there's two kind of two parts to this. It's really important for something to be comfortable in the hand, mm -hmm. but you're also trying to achieve something. So sure. the tool and the formulas need to lend themselves to the precision application you're looking for. So when you look at our eyeliner wand, it's, um, it's, it's so hard to do this uh, uh, without the visual, I guess, but um, it's a long wand mm -hmm. that you hold with a, very softly in the palm of your hand. I would say hold it like a prize. The only place you need stability is with your index finger. Okay, yeah. Because there's a little notch. There's a resting point so you can ground and steady your hand with the tool against your cheek before you apply. Yeah. And then there's a little see-through window so you have more visibility. There's just all sorts of thoughtful I can't moments. even. The wand. The wand is great, right? So you, you just can anchor against, and it, it just guides your hand to where the application should go in the process. So everything about it is just, and there's some sort of major moments in innovation. And then there's just some thoughtful moments. Like when you look at our eyeliner pot, instead of being those rounded, you'll see it looks like it's two triangles, one on top of the other, which gives almost in an hourglass shape. It gives more purchase room so that if you don't have a great grip, fantastic, right? Like if I can't, grab and open because I might have a physical limitation, a traditional pot, I can open this. But if I'm somebody who's, but I'm playing with my makeup and sometimes my hands get slippery and those things are just a nightmare, it just got easier for me too. So our goal was like, let's just, let's make this universally accessible and say, here's a community. You want to come play in makeup? Yes. Here we are. Come play. Uh, I can't, I can't even tell you how amazing. And you know, it's funny because um, my brother is in design. And so he's always looking at simple products. Like he'll see something and be like, why would they have put that lever over there? Like, that's not even natural. Like when you grab it, you know? And so I always think about that because he has gotten me to think about that. And he'll be like, you know, if they just put it on this side instead of this side and then made this little tweak. And I'm like, wow. So, and it's funny because I bet you, you didn't think 20 years ago that you would even be in this design kind of mode, but like what you're doing is amazing. And I feel like it's probably so fun to, to finally, when you see that, you're like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what needs to be tweaked or changed. And you're like, let's do it. It is so fun. It's really exciting. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't realize something was missing. I didn't realize that there was an opportunity and it's, it's like your brother, right? Like it's hard now to not realize that they're to look at something and not look at it and wonder how you can make it better yeah because you realize my yes. whole your, our whole lives you know my whole life I was completely able-bodied and I and I accepted things the way they were because I could make my own accommodations because I could make it work and now that I can see that we can make it better I'm like, I can't, yeah, you can't stop. Yeah, you, you can't, can't see stop. it, right? Yeah. I, I, to the point of I'm probably annoying, you know, we've been through, we're in the <laughs> pandemic. So it's my husband and I, my parents live with us as well. The, the three of them and the dog even are probably tired of hearing me where I'm like, you know, we make that more universally. Uh, <laughs> that oh would God, be you and my brother together. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, go away. <laughs> stop, stop, stop trying to fix things, but I can't help it. 
So, okay, you told me that you are in the guide lab. So you are playing around with some things now, some new things, some innovations. Do you yeah. have anything? Can you share with us anything new that's coming out? And are you working on anything for 2021? Yes, yes, for sure. So we uh, we have our, our Lash Wrap Volumizing Mascara. We have our Brown Moment Brow Gel, which comes in three shades. And we have our Guide Wand and Guide Line Eyeliner. So the Guide Eyeliner Duo helps you get all sorts of eyeliner looks, whether it's a wing or a tight line or an invisible line, super easy. Um, the first thing we heard from our community was please give us more colors in, okay. the, in the eyeliner. So more colors are definitely coming. Awesome. And then I... My goal is, and what, I, what I'd like to do is sort of work in segments. So I think what I want is for our community to be able to finish off the eye and then continue to move on. So um, without giving too much away, think of anything else you might need to finish off the eye. But whatever we do has to, has to incorporate universal design. If it doesn't make it easier, if it doesn't make it a more joyful process, um, then we're not going to do it. Right? So... Um, so we're going to, we're going to finish off the eye area. Love it. I think that's enough. That's a nice little teaser right there. Um, so where can people <laughs> find out more information about guide beauty? What, what are, what is your, e uh, your email? Well, you can tell me your email, but, um, your website, Instagram, where can they go find out more info? Yeah. So our website is guidebeauty.com and our Instagram is guide beauty cosmetics. Excellent. And it's guide G U I D E. But we're going to guide you. We're going to guide you in your application. And we're also here to help guide you uh, application and education at any time. We can also reach out to our customer service at here for you at Guide Beauty, uh, which is a great way to reach out. And we can help you answer any questions you may have because we I, love that. I, I, I'm, an act, I'm in awe and I feel so honored that I have this opportunity to talk to you. And I'm so excited for my listeners to hear this story because I really think it's incredible. And it's always fun for me when I go into these interviews and I have an idea because I do a little bit of research. I have an idea of what I'm going to talk about, what I want to discuss and kind of like what I want to get out um, of the person that I'm interviewing. And you, it was like an onion. I just, the layers kept unfolding and it was truly such a pleasure to listen to your story. Oh. And I'm really just truly honored that you took the time today to talk to me. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. The feeling is, is absolutely mutual. I really appreciate this. Uh, it's always fun to be able to share the story and, uh, you know, uh, because I can see you face to face, you know, to yes. see somebody that can get it. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's been lovely. Awesome. And I am going to try that one. I am a totally obsessed. And also I have never been able to do any kind of eyeliner because of exactly. And I'm just, I just give up. I'm not going to even try to make exceptions. I'm like, nope, not happening. So now I have a challenge on my hands and I'm going to have to get back to you because I, you have, there are a couple of videos that right on my, on your website. I, okay. I thought I saw it in action and I'm like, what, why does that look so easy? Yeah. And actually if you go to our YouTube channel as well actually there's some fantastic videos and you'll see them on our instagram as well okay um and you know we can always do this again we can always we can always get on a facetime we can always do whatever you need um we're gonna make sure you can do your eyeliner yeah maybe we could even do some sort of like instagram live or or facebook live or something yeah. or we can actually do some sort of like so people can actually see it because i think there's a really cool component that's gonna be missing from this just because it's audio but oh my gosh i would love yeah. to have you back on i think that would be awesome I would love that, especially because, again, there's only, I got three people to talk to, two of, two of them don't wear makeup in this house. <laughs> You're like, can Not I play? Not that I would enjoy anything, but if you want to play in makeup, I am here and I am happy to do it. You just let me know.
Oh, I love it so much. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And you know I will be talking to you very soon. Yay, that makes me happy. Thanks so much. Thank you.